Our scripture for today is from Luke chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 41 through 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. And then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning, I want to talk about three ideas for growing in faith, either on your own or with your family, that I see in our Bible passage for today. My hope is to offer you some practical ways to go about this, so if you want to grab a pen and a piece of paper to write them down, that might be helpful for you. The first idea I want to talk about is ritual. Jesus' parents wanted to pass their Jewish faith on to their son. Jesus' family would have followed dietary laws, We know that as an adult, Jesus wore the traditional fringes on the edges of his garments. Jesus was certainly familiar with the law and the prophetic tradition. Jesus' parents brought him to the temple in Jerusalem for significant events. And in today's story, Jesus' family has made their annual pilgrimage, which was not a short trip, to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. The rhythms and routines of Jesus' religious upbringing had a profound impact on who he became. As adults, we sometimes get bored doing the same things every day or every week, but children don't. Children find comfort and freedom in hearing familiar stories over and over again, singing familiar songs and saying familiar prayers. Children also treasure sacred space, like their familiar church sanctuary, their favorite playground, or their favorite snuggle spot on the couch with mom or dad. We see this with children in nature especially. When children play in the mud and jump in the leaves, find rocks, hold animals, and play with sticks, they're doing what they're wired to do, which is to learn 
by interacting with their environment. I've noticed in my own children around the time they turn two, they begin collecting items when we go outside to play that they find to be particularly beautiful or wondrous, and they arrange them in these little circular mounds that look like altars. They say they're for the birds or for the chipmunks. These little altars remind me of the Buddhist tradition of the mandala, which you see here in this picture. Marking the sacred and setting it apart is something that humans have done since the beginning of time. It's one of the enduring truths about us. We desire ritual and routine. We're spiritual beings. And we know that our rituals and routines shape who we are, the same way they did for Jesus. We have all experienced disruption in our daily lives due to the coronavirus. We're also experiencing more stress and uncertainty and loss. And it's interesting because both the Bible and scientific research tell us that ritual and routine in times like these are very important for our well-being. So here are some practical things to think through for yourself or for your family about creating your own rituals and routine. These are important anytime, but they're really important right now. Talk together or think for yourself about what your daily and weekly routine is going to be. When are you going to go to the grocery store? When are you going to watch worship? When are you going to exercise? When are you going to work, do schoolwork? Talk together with your family members about when each of you will have time alone, time to yourselves, and when you will have time together. Talk together about when you're going to connect with your loved ones who aren't in your house with you, whether that's calling them on the phone or doing some sort of video chat with them, writing them letters or emails. It's important to find ways to connect with people outside of your family. Talk together about how you're going to meet each other's needs, your physical needs, your mental, intellectual needs, your emotional and spiritual needs, especially when you're going to rest. When are you going to turn off work and worry? And when are you going to have some time to relax? I want to really highlight how important it is for each of you to think about when you're going to take some time to pray, to read your Bible or do Bible study. When are you going to take some time to worship? And even how are you going to serve others during this time? These are all parts of our spiritual formation, and it's easy for us to put those things on the back burner it's easy for us to feel like they're a luxury and like we don't have permission to do those things when we're busy and stressed. I want you to hear from me that it's important to set aside time for spiritual self-care in these days. The next thing I want to talk about is relationship. We know that relationship is central in discipleship and spiritual formation. 
In today's story, we see right off the bat that the Bible doesn't downplay family conflict and tension within Jesus's own family about his life choices. So I think we need to understand that relationships are messy. And to be very clear, our story for today is not about a perfect family or a perfect child. In our passage for today, Jesus is a teenager who's beginning to find his life's work. He is differentiating, which is every teenager's job. Jesus has done something that he knows would upset any parent. Jesus, when his parents come to confront him about this, reacts sort of like he does as an adult, which is by asking a pesky question that he already knows the answer to. Except here, instead of, why were you afraid, ye of little faith, it's more like, what are you so upset about, Mom? Didn't you know I was at church? And Mary doesn't hold back. How could you treat us like this, Jesus? Don't you know how worried we were about you? Avoiding conflict in our relationships, and especially in our families, is unhealthy and it's impossible. Misunderstandings, differences in opinion, mistakes, conflicting priorities, these things are going to happen, especially when we're quarantined at home during a pandemic. Every one of us makes mistakes and has limitations. The point of our relationships is not perfection. The point is connection. Connection involves being honest, saying we're sorry, and being our true selves. It's important for us to cultivate healthy relationships in and outside of our family. So I wanted to give you some practical ideas for how you can tend to your relationships right now. The first thing is to remember that we're different. Every person has their own perspective, their own personality, their own way of perceiving things. So not everybody in your house is just like you or having the same experience that you're having right now. Err on the side of compassion, empathy. Try to put yourselves in each other's shoes. And let's remember now that it's really important for us to be gentle with ourselves. It's gentle for me to it's important for me to be gentle with myself and it's important for me to be gentle with my family members as we're working things out and as we're setting expectations. That leads me to the importance of setting some family ground rules. Talk to each other about how you're going to treat each other, how you're going to speak to each other, what you will and won't do. It's important to have those ground rules, especially when you have tense or conflicted situations that you're trying to work through. Talk together as a family about when you're going to set aside time to have fun. It's important for us to laugh. It's important for us to play. It's important for us to set aside some time when we're going to do things that we enjoy together and separately. And lastly, decide when your family is going to connect with each other, whether that's your family inside your house or family who do not live with you. Take some time to listen to each other. Check in. How are you doing? What was this week like for you? 
what was wonderful, what was hard. Take time to connect with each other. The third idea I want to talk about today is practicing God's presence. It's a tough one. I mentioned earlier that the Bible does not gloss over the pain, anxiety, and sadness that Jesus' parents felt about the trajectory of his life. They worried deeply about Jesus. At one point, they thought Jesus was crazy, and they actually attempted an intervention to take him out of public ministry. Remember, Mary and Joseph lost a family member, John, John the Baptist, beheaded because of his prophetic ministry, which was the same prophetic ministry in which Jesus engaged. They watched Jesus endanger himself. They saw him arrested, tried, tortured, and executed. They buried their son. I think about all the times over the last 13 years that I've sat with parents who are struggling deeply with worry and sadness about their child's life choices. I think about all the times Mary might have shown up in her pastor's office, worried and sad about her son. There's an interesting phrase used twice in Luke chapter 2. When the shepherds come to Mary and Joseph with a story about angels and these angels that have come to deliver the news that Mary and Joseph are the parents of the Messiah, everyone else who heard that story from the shepherd was amazed. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then when Jesus, here in the temple, later in chapter 2, snarkily tells his parents that his vocation is as God's son, they do not understand what he is saying. And again, Mary treasured these things in her heart. Mary follows the pattern of faithful discipleship in the Gospels, more faithfully than the actual disciples at times. She pays attention. She holds the questions and the mysteries. And in time, she sees all of these things come to fruition in Jesus' resurrection. Right now, I'm sure all of us wish we had the perspective we'll have in two years five years, ten years from now, on the COVID-19 disease and the crisis we're in. Like Mary, we are in the thick of things. Our hearts are on the line. We're worried about our loved ones. We do not know what the future holds. This is a time for us to practice faithful discipleship, to pay attention to what's going on inside us and around us, to treasure these things in our hearts, not stuff them down or avoid them or pretend like they don't exist. And in the middle of this pain and mystery and mess, we can watch for how God brings resurrection in us and around us. So here's some practical ideas for how we can practice God's presence on our own or with our family. Talk to each other about your faith journey. Share your story. 
Talk and listen about how God is working in each other's lives. Ask questions about each other's journey with God. Decide together as a family or on your own when you're going to set aside some time to pray and identify some prayer practices that work well for you. With your family members, talk about what kinds of new rituals and traditions you want to create together. And maybe that means remaking some of your previously existing rituals and traditions into something that fits right now. Friday night pizza night, Saturday night movie night, evening walks together, whatever it is that's life-giving for your family. Pick a topic that you want to learn about and, and learn about it together with your kids by watching movies or reading articles on the internet, researching together to enjoy some shared learning. Figure out how you're going to connect with your faith community, whether that is connecting with friends at church digitally or by text or on Facebook. We have to do this in a new way, but we can still connect with the people we're close to here in our faith community at church. And lastly, talk together about the milestones in your family that you'll need to mark in a different way. High school graduation, birthdays, trips that you had planned. Allow yourself some time to think and pray about these things and allow yourself some space to be sad about them and then decide how you are going to mark those milestones in a different way. As you think and talk with your family about ritual, relationship, and practicing God's presence, my prayer for you is that you can be gentle with yourselves. And each day as you experience imperfections and low points, I pray that those can be moments when you rest in God's presence. Amen.